is very interesting because my call to ministry, um, I, and I think uh, as I sit in on ordination councils now, mm. and you, you hear people say, um, yeah, don't don't tell them that the, the, the Lord told you because how are you going to prove that? And they ah. think you crazy and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, we always look for a clear, concise voice, one that is familiar to our own, mm. that is that the uh, divine replicates in order for us to move. Mm. We need to hear what we're accustomed to. And so when pastors talk about tickling your ears, mm -hmm. I, I think that is a part of the tickling. Mm. We need to hear what we want to hear the way we want to hear it in order for us to move forward. If it mirrors where we think we need to be and go, it's uh, very different. Well, um, I had no interest in the ministry mm. at all. I uh, I was in marketing, stayed in radio, had a great and still do career in that. Mm -hmm. I love making money, but I do have a compassion for people. Mm -hmm. So I was always ministering. And as a PK, it's difficult not to do that, yes. even if, you know. <laughs> Even if you don't want to, you have to be charming at, right. uh, at the risk of discipline. Mm. Um, if you weren't, um, you had to be appropriate and you had to walk a particular way. And so I was trying to figure out um, when the nudge came um, initially, whether I was responding to the, you know, this perpetual um redirect that mm -hmm. I was getting. Um, <laughs> but a woman at my church, I was doing uh, the youth ministry, um, uh, the, the, the associate pastor at fellowship at the time, mm -hmm. uh, his wife was doing the children's sermonettes. So the children would come up. And when he left to go to another church, just to become the pastor of that mm -hmm. church, um, they had asked me to do it. And I, you know, had three children, so mm -hmm. it was really easy to die. I got started. Ooh, come on up here to this altar. Let me tell you the story. Uh, I had it. But, but, you know, one Sunday, uh, one of the deacons uh, came up to me, a founder of the church, and she says, you know, you have, um, God called you to um, go into the ministry. Mm. And I smiled at her. I said, oh, that is so lovely, as I would as a PK. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you and walked away. Mm. Um, it was several years later, several years. Wow. Um, as a matter of fact, it took a cosmic two by four, as I said, to, to literally smack me upside the head. Wow. But I, I had a semi-theophany, mm. um, whereas my dad... Um, I got called from work mm -hmm. once, and because my dad was in a lot of pain, my mom needed to get into the hospital, and she needed my help getting in there. So um, she said, "Take him to the hospital." I said, "Okay, I'm going to meet you there. I'm going to run by the office, shut down what I had to do, and I will meet you at the hospital." Mm -hmm. well, by the time I got to the hospital, they had already admitted him, and my mom had gone back home to get some rest. Okay. Um, come to find out, he had been he had a uh, pulmonary embolism mm. so when my brother and i got there uh eddie they told us you need to get in touch with the family mm. um because we don't know if he's gonna make it through the night and i was just like you know mm. i always laugh at doctors <laughs> yeah like you know um i did that with my brother greg so i was just like okay mm -hmm. i said well eddie this is what we need to do um you call up mom 
Janet, I'll stay here with Dad, mm-hmm. who was basically asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was just in the bed, just mm-hmm. kind of resting. And he opened up his eyes and said, you need to get your initial sermon together. Wow. Now, I understood that my father, due to glaucoma and things, had vis- was visually impaired. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Dad, it's <laughs> me, Patty. You think it's Ed. Eddie is out the room. Oh. He says, I know who I'm talking to. Oh. And went back to sleep. Wow. So I was like, oh, that is so cute. And <laughs> Eddie came in, and I said, Eddie, Daddy thinks it's time for you to give up that deal to go into the ministry. <laughs> and I skipped him a loop back out, and I called my husband, and we, we stayed, and we, we prayed, and then we left knowing that God was going to cover him that night. Mm. It must have been um, another two years when God says, now wait a minute, mm. I, I show myself, and you are still not going to, you're going to just, you really not going to do this. Mm. So we're going to make a way for you to, to understand that this is clear. And for reasons that I wish I could articulate clearly, mm-hmm. I knew that it was time for me to do more. Mm. And so I, I told my pastor, as, as per assignment, mm-hmm. I know the protocol to him. And he says, I have been waiting for you. Oh. And he says, but I'm going to take you to, you know, you know, go pray, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I went and prayed. He was going to take me through the motion. That's right. And so he says, and this is what I need you. I need you to get a letter. And he, he basically said, I'm going to give you a day for your initial sermon. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Lord, we, we got on the fast track here. I, I, I'm looking for the slow. You know, it took me a minute. Can you take a minute? I did my initial sermon in November. I was registered in school. Um, not too, you know, for the fall, mm-hmm. for the spring semester. So in January, I started a class in seminary. It was one class. Well, excuse me, what, what year was this, Reverend Patty? What year was this? This was 2005. Wow. Mm-hmm, 2005. Um, and I I got my license, and everybody was thrilled. Because the other thing, I said, oh, my God, nobody's going to be here. So this this will really be the telltale sign, mm-hmm. you know. You know, the beds are just like, really. Now, all my friends were just like, Hmm. Stand-up comedian. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> ministry. And then some that knew me well mm-hmm. uh, just says, well, I, I knew that you would probably go that way just because of your parents. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that you don't stray too far from where you're from. And this is how God replenishes certain mm. industries. Oh. If this is what you do, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in a place. Your spirit is going to be in a place where I can make sure that I can perpetuate that. So mm. it, it didn't seem odd. But it wasn't, and and I said to myself, well, originally, when I was a little girl, I was going to be an attorney with my brothers. We were going to be the the Hales, Hales, and Hales law firm. All right, now. Then I decided, because one little church mother at um, one of my churches, Mm -hmm. when I was uh, probably 12 or even younger, I, I think I was much younger, 
asked me something, and if she licked my face one more time and, and, and disguised it as a kiss and said, well, what are you going to do when you grow up? That's just like a truck driver. And I, I don't know. If, mm-hmm. I didn't even know where my mother's hands came from. It was mm-hmm. like a vapor in the air it just kind of came and, and just swooped a new thought into my head. Ooh. Uh, I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> then I said, okay, so that won't be a truck driver. Uh, <laughs> but th- but the, that, that fast track that got me there, mm-hmm. And then I couldn't, I, I just kept on going. So I, once I was called um, and I did my initial sermon, I was um, given a date of ordination. Mm. I was given a date of ordination. I started school. My pastor says, you're going to school, but you know this. You, this is your life. This mm. is who mm-hmm. you are. This is, and my spirit has made that plain. Mm. Um, so I went through, um, I, I, was ordained in probably a, uh, seems like a year later or less, mm. um, and um, but I but I finished up school and, and did all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and and there I was, like in the ministry. Um, that initial sermon day, uh, the crowd there was more people than I could expect. Wow. I remember the night of my as I was trying to craft an initial sermon, mm-hmm. which was based on um, the parable of the seed. Um, you know, the tossing of the seed mm-hmm. with a winner. I had no idea what I was going to preach about. Wow. My mind doesn't work linear, linearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I wasn't a manuscript preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, all of the things, I didn't have the voice. Eddie has the voice. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a whole career condensing things into 60, 30, 15, 10 yes. second intervals. Yes. So now you're asking me to unpack all that, mm. again, which my mind wasn't ready to do. So I sat um, with that scripture uh-huh. and I had a point and it was dark. I remember so clearly I was on my porch and it was dark outside mm-hmm. and I was still writing. I had no idea what was on the paper <laughs> until I got there and I, I think I still have the suit that I wore for that day. And oh, I please tell me you have video, too. Do you have video or audio? I don't know if I do. Okay. I, I, I do have some pictures of me going okay, to, good. to get that. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and the people were appreciative. Mm. You know, they, knew, they knew what I had to say. You mm-hmm. know, they, they, they listened, and it wasn't the typical church. Oh, that's so sweet, sister. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, wow, that, I, I didn't see that text that way. Mm. And, and I felt good. I said, okay. Oh. And, and I wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and so even Eddie had to say, my brother had to say, he's just it's like, oh, my God, I wish I would have done what you did. Because oh. you weren't up there wearing people out, mm-hmm. you know. I said, yeah, Eddie, I am struggling. For me to do a 45-minute sermon mm. is a struggle because I just don't believe people take that much in. Yeah. Because I've, I've been in an industry where I know people are more influenced by a 30-second commercial yes. than they are with a 30-minute sermon. Amen. And so I, I was just like, if I could just give you a point mm-hmm. and you could take that point and we could talk about that mm. and unpack it at a point at a time, then we all to something. We got some good Jesus. Amen. Oh, no. But if I wear you out, 
yes. and try to tell you the whole story, mm-hmm. give you all of the hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. If I break that down with make sure that my homiletics and my hermeneutics and all of the protection <laughs> is done right, if my theolog- theological utterances are all in line, mm-hmm. but you are sitting up in there like, well, <laughs> And I missed the point, and I've wasted God's time. Oh, man, amen to that. Wow, wasting his time. Wow, amen to that. And so that's, so when I say that I was called to a society that was restricted by complexities Mm. to give the simple message of redemption, repentance, and really, and reproof of people. Um, because I think you don't need to hear the whole story, but it's not always going to be cute. Now, I have discovered during this call period mm-hmm. um, that everybody doesn't have that. So I struggle sometimes when I listen to clergy and I hear that that pattern. You mm-hmm. have, you've got the you got the book version yeah. of the call. Mm-hmm. You didn't get the real version of the call. Mm-hmm. And during my um, ordination process. My father was transitioning. Mm. So it was difficult for me. I couldn't have done a rote memorization if I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I ended up writing. Um, my, but this is my impact and what I, my thoughts were. Mm-hmm. I dialogued with my catechizer. Um, and, and my counsel was everybody who... Everybody else thought was great. I had Antra on my council. Mm. I had Jerry Moore on my council. Mm. I had uh-huh. Wilson on my council. Wow. I've, you know, um, so these are the people that, that, that because they had such a, a respect for my catechizer, Rick mm-hmm. Wilson, they knew what he had taken me through and he reported it accordingly. Mm. Um, we were, um, I, I was able to receive my ordination. Um, without a public, um, you know, I didn't have a public, uh, reciting or repeating the rote memorization piece. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I still had the same anxieties and mm-hmm. pressures that, mm-hmm. that comes with it. And the anxieties and the pressure are one, you don't want to disappoint God. Mm-hmm. And that is the beginning of the real next level call. Because when we turn our lives over to Christ as Christians mm-hmm. and we go and we're baptized, we're doing it because we're, we're, we're mimicking what we know Jesus did. Mm-hmm. We're trying to die in our old ways and resurrect in our new. Mm-hmm. But when we get to the point where we don't want to disappoint God, mm-hmm. then we have now taken it to the next level. And so my, my call required and demanded that. And when I feel like I do now, mm-hmm. since this pandemic has done that, that I'm not living up to what I told God that I would do mm-hmm. through my, my, my preaching moments. Cause I'm just not focused enough. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, then I could call back on that. God, take me to uh-huh. the joy of my salvation. Uh-huh. Take okay. me back to that place mm-hmm. where I know, um, and you know, I know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you, you know, just get me to where uh, I could, I could do that again. Um, and it's, and it's a challenge, Steve, the biggest challenge Mm -hmm. is now they have the cute word, the intersectionality, um, and that deals with, you know, 
race and, mm-hmm. and womanhood and womanist theology. Um, I can tell you, as a woman in the in the ministry, like I had no idea that because of my dad mm-hmm. that it was going to be a struggle. Because I'm just like, who are you? Mm-hmm. If God mm-hmm. said it, why am I going to be fooling around with you? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I won't go if you don't want me to preach where you preach mm-hmm. from. Then I don't need to go to your church. I'm comfortable. Amen. And even at my ordination, there was a gentleman who did not want, he came to our church. I preached in November. Mm-hmm. Um, the second week in November was my um, initial sermon. He had asked to, um, he had asked my pastor to do the, his Thanksgiving service. Okay. My pastor says, no, I'll let from fears to it. And I told him, I will not go to his church. He will not sit on the pulpit when I'm on the pulpit at my church. Mm. So I'm not going to go to his church. Amen. So he could really show up. Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So he says, don't worry about it. Go. I said, you need to worry about getting the sermon together for Thanksgiving because I'm not showing up over there. He says, just go. And I went Mm -hmm. and he received me. And, um, my pastor called him to come when I was ordained to be a part of the ordination mm-hmm. service. He would not come in a robe. He came to sit in the pews and he got called up and he called up and he whispered in my ear as after they laid hands on me mm-hmm. to say, yeah, you got me over the fence. Wow. You got me over the fence. And Amen. I was just like, well, and I said, well, look, maybe that's all I needed to do for mm-hmm. the kingdom is mm-hmm. to get one over the one fence. Over the fence. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so that that is my Paul story and, and Lord knows it has been a whirlwind ever since. My my ministerial life has been far richer than many people who have done it far longer. Well, and I just thank God for it. I, I mean the things and the places that I've been, I've been mm-hmm. around the world in ministry. I have done you know, I have friends with some people who most people would not even, you know, they would just be in amazement mm-hmm. of, and I just, I, I'm just, I'm just amazed. I just say, God, look at you. Amen. <laughs> Fooling around with this little girl who don't know no better. Oh, 